Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy, and I is David Kozlowski, and I is having my friends who are also OGs. Okay guys, I'll, I'll stop acting like I don't have a college degree, because that's, <laughs> that's disrespectful to my university, like we didn't teach you how to talk like that. Um, and sometimes I are smart, so you know. Uh, but I got with me Kenneth Scott, a real OG, yes. what's up Kenneth? What's going on, what's going on, good to be back. And the Silver Fox himself will make the J silent, Mr. Asen Hewlett. <laughs> Just Asen. Asen Hewlett. The J is silent. J is silent. All right. For today is silent. What's up, Jason? How you doing, man? Good. Good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see yeah, you guys, likewise. too. Well, we got a parent question, though. So, Jason, why don't you tee that one up for us? And this is a question. I have not done a question on this topic in many, many years on the podcast. So looking forward to answering this one. Oh, really? So this is yeah. a, this is a, a heavy one, perhaps if you will, but uh, at the same time, it's one that's, I think is quite essential. It says, what is the right approach for talking with teens about sexuality amid the mixed messages they see every day online on apps and here at school? What's the right approach? Well, I would back it up a further step and say, if you want to screw this up, make sure that you don't talk to your spouse or your partner about the conversation and just start talking to your kid. Mm. Yeah. That's where it fails nine times out of 10 is before that conversation even happens. One parent starts the conversation. The other parent comes in and goes, oh, no, 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 no. And you could tell that the parents' issues about how comfortable they feel about that conversation start to come up in real time. And then the kids going like looking at them back and forth, like a ping pong game going back and forth. Like, wait, what? It's like, well, no, no. So kids don't really do this. Okay. But they do. And then the parents start arguing. One parent usually will want to be a little bit more cavalier and a little bit more like just kind of spit things out there. And the other parent will be a little bit more. Okay. So, Mm. You know, in life, sometimes people like each other. It takes them like 30 minutes just to get to one stinking point, right? <laughs> and the other parent's like, enough already. This goes here, and you put it in there, and then they go like that, and then there's a baby, and they're like, whoa, 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 wait, what's going on? And they right, start fighting and arguing back and forth, okay? So I would suggest, first of all, if you are going to be having this conversation with your kid and you have a partner, whether it's the biological parent, whether it's not the biological parent, um, you need to have a conversation with your partner first to establish where your kid's at age-wise, what do you think is appropriate? You guys got to get that stuff figured out before you bring that to the kid. Because if you bring that to your kid and you haven't dialed in, like who's going to play what role, how are you going to approach it? Well, then it can get, it can unravel very quickly. And then talk about confusing a kid. Now, shame, now sex went from something your parents don't talk to and something that's uncomfortable to now it's something they're fighting and arguing about. Wow, that's not the right way you want them to start associating Mm -hmm. conversations about sex. Because now think about it. They're going to be like, wow, bringing up anything sexually related causes fights and arguments with my parents. 
when my parents fight and argue, I get stuck in the middle. It's not fun. So note to self, don't ever talk to my parents about anything that could possibly bring up those topics. I had too many kids tell me that they don't feel comfortable talking about their parents about these things. And I, and I asked them, well, why? Nine times out of 10 is because there were some things that went wrong and their parents got in a fight. They kind of argued with their parents, something happened. And then it was never talked about it again. That was it. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing I think. What, what do you guys think about that? before we even get to the question. Sounds like we may need to do a whole podcast just about that conversation, you know? Yeah. Like just, just the challenge of getting both on the same page, both parents Mm -hmm. and whether you, you know, live together or not, the importance of having that. I mean, I'd say, especially if you're separated, that's a really big deal. Cause if they're getting two different conversations in two different homes, that makes it even, even crazier and trickier. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe we should do devote a podcast in the future to how to have that conversation effectively with your, your spouse or partner or the, the person you're raising your child with. Mm. Well, and let's just do this. Let's just do part one and part two of this question then. Okay. Let's let's answer that right now. And then we'll, we'll end this podcast. We'll do a part two and they can listen to part two. That's a great idea, Jason. Great idea. So you guys want me to jump in a little bit further then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound familiar to a lot of other things that, that you're going to have. Um, anytime you have a project or a, a work, uh, some sort of job that has to be done that you and your partner have to work on it together, you got to establish the roles and the intention, like basically like what, what, what are you trying to achieve from this conversation? And then what role are you going to play? What role is your spouse going to play or your partner's going to play? Cause you don't want to talk over each other and you don't want to have conflicting information, right? So step one is, what do we need to share? What do you need to share? Not what do you want to share? What do you need to share? Make a column for that. It's like, well, we need to share this, that, and the other, right? So a lot of people mm-hmm. just pull up their phones now. Well, we need to share that, um, like, what sex is. Now, this is all going to be dependent upon the age of the kid you'll be speaking to. Right. So if you're having a conversation, for some reason, um, and some parents usually go off of how um, – curious they're noticing their kid is mm-hmm. some kids are going to be like like my daughter she turned 13 uh just a few months ago and she's like huh what like she's not on her cell phone she's not like really into like typical teenage stuff she likes to draw she's an athlete hangs out with her friends but she's pretty just kind of like not that like oh my gosh what it? like she's not like hmm. all over the place she's not a girl trying to act like she's 10 years older than her age which is very typical for a lot of teenage girls right mm-hmm. and i'm not saying my daughter's better than other girls she's just not like that because she didn't come out that way right mm-hmm. however my son he's very curious right mm-hmm. we'll be having that conversation with my nine-year-old son sooner than the age that we've had it with my daughter so we already had the conversation with my daughter but my son we're gonna probably have him that pretty soon by the time he's 10 because he has a million questions. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he he's definitely wants to know everything. He wants to grow up faster. Okay. So identify the age, what would be appropriate language. And you have to, once you figure out what you need to say, then you need to come up with how you're going to say it. So terminology, if you as like, let's say the father, you're saying things like, Hey, you know what? Masturbation's something that people touch themselves and it's totally normal, so don't feel bad if you do it. And then the mom looks, by the way, I've had this happen with couples. Moms go, excuse me? First of all, why'd right. you use the word masturbation? Like, you know, sometimes people like to experiment and like to, mm-hmm. you know, if they touch themselves, it feels good. 
The problem with the dads is it's too like straight down the pipeline. The problems with the moms, <laughs> it's so vague. The kids are like, wait, huh? They're confused. Now I'm using one scenario. I'm not saying all moms are like that and all dads are like that. Cause I've sat, had some moms that have lived some tough lives. So, hey, listen, here's how it goes. And they just kind of said it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's one way to do it. Right. They just kind of right, like, right. like, well, no one told my parents to tell me how it really was. So I'm not going to hide it from my kids. Right. And the husband's like, okay, but our kids ate. So that was a little harsh. <laughs> right. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, Knowing again, I've, I've worked with enough, uh, parents to see that their frustration sometimes cause them to spout things out. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't trust that the other person is going to say it right. So agree on the language. So if you're going to be talking about sex, what word are you going to be used for sex? If you don't want to use the actual word sex, mm. what word are going to be used for, um, uh, instead of masturbation, you want to be like, you know, you know, self-pleasuring, touching yourself. I don't, I'm not telling you what words to use. You guys got to figure it out. Right. Can't tell you like, Oh, this is good words. This is bad words. Now I wouldn't suggest, yeah, you F someone instead of saying sex. I'd prefer you mm-hmm. say the word sex versus F somebody. Okay. Right. Like I think that's pretty common knowledge, right? That you shouldn't have to like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to tell you as parents that you don't want to use a vulgar language. So agree what the needs are, which you have to talk about, agree on the language and agree on the role. Who's going to start the conversation Who's going to lead the conversation? If there's a specific part of the conversation that you feel that you want to talk about, then you got to agree on that. So I'll, I'll have husbands, wives, the, the wife is like, Hey, you know, I don't trust my husband sometimes to say things too abruptly. So I'm going to start off the conversation and I'll tell dad, okay, well, why don't you pick a part of the conversation that this is going to be your part. The difference is you can't interrupt mom while she's talking and mom, you can't, if dad says something, you can't say, well, no, no, dad didn't mean to say it. What he meant to say was, because then if there's any con- conflict of information while they're giving the information about a topic that is so sensitive as sexuality, mm. you run the risk of creating more problems instead of giving them information. 100%. Okay. So what, what do you guys think about that uh, first uh, part of uh, leading it off? <laughs> well, I don't know. Case Scott's at this. You his, know, his kids are sorry. young, so. Because like, listen, Kay, you had a look on your face, Kay, like, oh, I'm going to I'm have to talk to my daughters about this. I'm not doing it. It's like, oh, honey, man, honey, my wife, she's crazy. doing this one. <laughs> Ooh, man, it's going to be crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so I've got 17, 16, 15, and 12-year-olds. Got a little experience in this category. So we had, we had four kids in five years. So we, we have had this conversation multiple times, and it was interesting to, you know, have – grown up because of our age we're we're in our mid 40s you know we did not grow up with a phone in our pocket we didn't grow up mm-hmm. with uh, the pornography or the you know all those those things that are now readily available i mean mm-hmm. and so obviously we'll talk probably more about that in the other podcast on part two of this but like i say i mean i think that when we had that conversation for the first time i went back to the way that my parents introduced it to me and there was a book called where do babies come from and it was an illustrated book with these like overweight people in a bathtub. I mean, it's a wacky book, you know, it's a, it's very, very uncomfortable in terms of like, okay, the, here we go. We're going to have this conversation. But the more that my wife and I, we actually role played it. Yeah. And we, we sat in our bedroom and talked back and forth through it. Cause we felt that because of the questions our oldest was asking, the eight years old seemed to be the right time to talk. 
because they were already asking those questions. Yeah. And so especially and you can say, Jason, some kids it's going to be eight, some kids be nine, right? It just really oh, yeah. depends on where they're at. Yeah. I mean, there are, uh, and, and a couple of our kids, we were like, well, maybe they're not even ready by eight. And others yeah. were like, uh, I think they're seven or six and they might, yeah. we might need to, you know, let them know about a few things. So we actually, I mean, this is how we did it in our family. We did a role play. She and I talked through it and she realized she was like, you seem to be really comfortable talking about this. So why don't you say it and I'll be like the wingman. Mm. And so she would just kind of describe things a little bit more, you know, sensitively or helpfully because when she could tell that they weren't getting what I was saying, even though we're, we're looking through a picture book and this, uh, you know, these drawings are just very mild, very safe. And we took our child to, uh, you know, they still laugh about it. We took him to Longhorn Steakhouse. It was a special night with mom and dad. <laughs> and we'd take him for a, you know, we'd ask for a specific booth, you know, like far in the corner. <laughs> I have so many things I want to say right now, but it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have my daughter or my son or whoever was there. It was their own special dinner and they would sit next to me and you know, but we talked it up. Like we were like, Hey, we have something really awesome that we're going to tell you about. And it's one of the greatest things in the world. It's a, it's a great blessing and it's a great thing as a, as a family. And so we made it really special. So when we started to talk more about it, we'd, we'd ask them about babies and and family and all these things. And then, then we start reading through the book and talking about kind of more of the science and then about love and how important that is. And, and relationships. And it was very interesting. All of the kids took it in a really great way. And obviously we were laughing and there was funny parts about it and it was awkward, but it wasn't like terrifyingly awkward. And to the point that once the book was closed, the book wasn't closed. If that makes sense, the conversation has continued and we've been able to have that longer. So we could talk more about that in part two, but but because now we're dealing with, now they're 17, 16, 15. Yeah. That was years ago. Imagine if we had only had that one conversation. Like wow. we have continued to talk as apps and social media and stuff they're getting on their texts and stuff that's happened where we're like, oh, we got to address this now, depending on their age, that we never thought we'd have to talk about this stuff at this at this age with our children. It's yeah. It's pretty crazy. So... I hope I didn't share too much on that, but that's how no. we've done it. Damn, it's did, great. Jason, did your conversation change for, whether it was your daughter or whether it was your son as far as who took the lead in that conversation? Yeah, good question. I mean, for some reason, I just let all of them. And then my my daughter had the absolute most questions. Mm. And so she, my my wife obviously took a lot of that conversation over because they could talk about you know, real girl things that were starting to happen. And it was very helpful, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, it. Jason, you, you dialed in just very intuitively. I don't know how you, you, know, you and your wife decided to do all those things, but it's very similar to, to what I suggest to my clients. I, I break it down into to three general philosophical steps where there's present. So now we're talking about when you're going to talk to the kid, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so presentation, invitation, conversation. That's mm-hmm. the order that you want it. So you present information. So Jason, you beautifully said, this should not be a one conversation, one and done. So many parents are uncomfortable with this subject matter 
That's why I want them to talk and, and figure that out. Do a role play, write down exactly what you want to talk about. It's really obvious when you're talking about something that you feel extraordinarily uncomfortable. Mm. Cause you're like, okay. Uh, and you're like, and like, there's some pressure and edge and that's confusing to kids. Like, why are you getting all like weird right now? I thought right. like, so you can make it a lot more awkward as a parent than it has to be. For some reason, um, and I think this is safe to say, I, I don't want to throw all highly religious people under the bus. Obviously, the main religion here is, uh, um, you know, Mormon religion, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. I don't want to throw all my Mormon clients under the bus, but a large percentage of them really had a hard time talking about sexuality with their kids. Mm. And did they do it? Were they willing to do it? Yes. But after hearing how they presented it, I was like, eh, you could tell this mom and dad. Okay, how do I say this in, in a very nice way? You could tell that they don't have a lot of conversations about sex between the two of them. Mm. Yeah, wow. So their own relationship doesn't have a lot of conversations about sexuality. Um, and, and of course, if you know anything about the Mormon church, that would make sense because there's been a lot of books written by, you know, Mormon LDS authors about like, your whole entire life, don't have sex, don't have sex, be pure, be a virgin, get married, procreate the earth, go. <laughs> like, wait, we're not supposed to kiss and then now we're supposed to like have lots of babies and procreate the earth. Obviously I'm being a little extreme, but it kind of feels that way. And so I'd work with a lot of young couples. They're like, we're having problems because we don't mm. feel like we can just flip that switch and now we're supposed to be open and, and, and have mm. sex with each other and like, is is making sense you guys it gets this weird sense. kind of spot and so then you bring kids in that okay well if you're not having a lot of conversations about your own sexuality or if you don't feel confident about your sexuality if you're going through some difficulties in sexuality in your marriage relationship because if you're married out there listen to this and you have not had a difficult conversation about sexuality or have had problems about what expectations are and this mm -hmm. not the other in your own sexual relationship well then you're probably not a human being mm -hmm. I've yeah. never met a couple. I don't care. I mean, you could see some celebrity couples and like, they're gorgeous and they look perfectly beautiful. And I guarantee one of them gets jealous. Like, what? Do you like that person? Are you attracted to them or this now? Like, do you, do I please you? Do I not please you? Like, there's so many things about that. So parents, if you don't have good conversations with your spouse, your partner, and then you try to have a conversation about sexuality with your kids, it's most likely going to come off that you don't feel comfortable about it. And obviously you don't want to make that a shameful thing. So presentation, get the presentation dialed together, right? Bring the presentation to your kid. Then once you bring the presentation to your kid, don't put pressure on them that they have to have questions right away immediately. In fact, plan for it. Say, Hey, here's the information. Here's what we want to talk about. Take them to dinner and just say, Hey, we also want to just invite you to think about what we said. If you have any questions, you can ask us now, but if not, let's go out to dinner next week or let's talk about it again next week. And then uh, maybe then we might be able to have a little bit more conversation about it. This should be a multiple conversation thing. It should be an open door thing. For some reason, your kids are going to feel more comfortable going to one parent than the other about yeah. these topics. And it's not always the same sex parent. It, it just be the parent that they kind of feel maybe they spend more time throughout the day with that parent. And so they talk to that parent about it. Right. So presentation, give the invitation to your kids to ask questions. 
and then start a conversation. And if the conversation is not at that moment, because it's a lot to take at once, then bring up the conversation later. Say, I tell you what, next time, you know, next week, we can talk about it later. You can talk to me about it throughout the week, but I just want to invite you to ask me any questions. And if you don't feel comfortable asking me questions, you could ask your mom question, or mom could say you could ask dad questions and just leave it open up to, they have to see that you're okay and you're comfortable. If your body language, everything's like, hey, listen, it's a normal thing. It's part of life. But if you sit there and take long pauses and like, okay, mm-hmm. um, if you're obviously struggling with it, it does not yeah. do any part of that conversation any good. They may fear that asking convert asking questions when i say they some per some kids don't have a filter they'll ask you anything anytime they want they shoot it straight right? yeah it's almost like you want them to tone it down a little bit but other kids it's uncomfortable they're like how do i talk about like this or and the reason why this is so important this re- a big reason why i want to answer this question is because in high school i know the high school that i work at and the high school that the high schools that i talked and i consult with this is a common issue that administrations tell me they have issues with sexual consent. Mm-hmm. They have issues with what is wanted, what is not wanted. Yep. And it becomes something that police get involved with. Yep. It becomes something that is debated between back and forth. Well, you told me that, you know, you didn't feel, com- or you didn't tell me you didn't feel comfortable. And the other kid's like, no, I did tell you. I didn't want this and want that. And so it starts with us, how we talk about sexuality. If your kids feel that you're comfortable having these conversations, they may share things with you that have happened to them mm-hmm. that will break your heart that will possibly okay they might share something that will break your heart they might share something in the wor- in in worst case scenarios that is your worst fear it's your worst nightmare that might be something you have to report might be something you have to talk about it however if they're bringing it up to you and they're mentioning it to you that's still a win Yep. And that starts with teenagers are not likely to open up and talk to their parents about sexuality and sexual things if that first initial conversations did not go well. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I love the way you mentioned it, too, because it's crazy because at the at Rice University, that's what I actually teach to the yeah. incoming students is a critical thinking and sexuality. And so we talk about consent. We talk about um, just all the uh, like the dynamics of uh, interpersonal relationships and how to be a bystander and things of all that nature. And you'll be shocked that a lot of them don't have haven't had that conversation yet. Some due to religion. Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. And so when we have these conversations in class, you know, we ask like it's an open forum. It's sort of like how your classes are, Kaz. It's like, you know, I, I, I speak on a topic and then we have an open discussion about it. Like, you know, it's and the best so way to learn. Things- that's the, the best, best way, way to learn. learn. It's the best and, way to and, learn. And a lot of the things that we we you know we talked about was like early on in life, they will present something to their their they wouldn't present anything to their parents because of how they assume that their parents will accept the information. So they'll just be closed in. And then once they get into college, that's when they're like, I can do whatever I want now. I'm just gonna do it with no education, not no wheelhouse, no nothing, right? Because they never told their parents from back in the day or their parents never had that conversation of or shoot, simply their parents didn't want to believe that they would be initiating uh, sexual activity at that certain age. Right. So they just never like brung it up until maybe they were about to go to college or something. But a lot of them wish that they would have gotten that knowledge or even got asked that question early on, um, you know, before they even got into high school. 
because once you get into high school, you know, the puberty stages, things change. And so they were, we were, we were asked like, at what stage do you have that conversation? At what stage do you get the information about consent? Okay. What happens when you do get into a sexual activity, the emotional attachment that you have with somebody at an early age, that's going to forever live with you because it's your first everything. So what do you do? Like if you guys happen to part ways and a lot of like, just, it was just crazy conversations about just their mental health. You know, that's how kids get, uh, you know, like, you know, suicide thoughts because they don't know how to, you know, endure the pressures of that person not being in their life anymore. So it's just interesting about this conversation. And it's really about like, how can us as parents be open and appreciate the, the answers that we may get from our kids and just accept their whatever moment they're in right now so that we can figure out how to move forward in regards to the, you know, the conversations about, you know, sexual activity. Yeah. I'm glad you brought all that up stuff, all that stuff up, Kenneth, because it's so true. It's like, it's like, we all know that saying it's so important to make a good first impression. Mm -hmm. Well, these first conversations, it does set the stage in many aspects of how they view sexuality how they talk about it themselves. Um, I, I know the the most like taboo families, like my family growing up, no one ever had a conversation with me about sexuality. I learned it from Pat and Chris and all my homies at junior high. <laughs> right. And both those dudes ain't doing so well right now. Let's put mm -hmm. it this way. Like I should not have been learning about it from those kids who both, um, gosh, okay, let's just leave it like that okay <laughs> i don't know because i forgot the some people in california do listen to the podcast whatever these are my boys when i say they're not doing well i mean like they went down some different paths like right. i don't want my kids your kids anyone kids to only have discussions with their peers about mm -hmm. this because their peers aren't experts in it their peers right. are just hearing bits and pieces of information but especially with today with technology we may have to have this conversation earlier and earlier like jason said because it's just two clicks away Pornography is two clicks away from any kid that has access to the internet. Mm. And I, I joked around before on a podcast. I don't know if you guys remember, I was listening to a comedian one time. He held up his phone. He's like, hey, you know what I have here in my hand? Everybody's like, cell phone? He's like, all the pornography ever made in the world. Yep. Crazy. And it was a very, I remember listening to that going, whoa, that caught me off guard. But dang, that was like good comedians do. They make you think. Wow. And he goes like this, he goes, all the porn ever made in the world in this little box right here. Mm, mm, so mm. because of those things, and then also too, um, you know, I, I actually like this conversation. Actually, instead of doing a part two of this conversation, because I think we covered some stuff, I would like to do another conversation about a spinoff of this. Now, this is going to be a little bit different than other conversation I've ever had on this podcast. That conversation would be about something that is... How do you talk to your kids about different sexualities, different sexual orientations, different things like that? Because there, I mean, there's very few cartoons now, very few Netflix, whatever my kids are watching next thing you know, my son's like, Hey, how, how come those two boys are kissing dad? Mm -hmm. How come that girl has a girlfriend growing up? Do you guys ever remember that in cartoons? No. Nah. Oh. Not, mm -mm. Yeah. And, and without getting into that, whether it's good or bad, it's here. Right. I like to deal with things in reality, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they shouldn't put that stuff because then there's the arguments like, well, that's 
what they're going to see out in real life, right? They're going to see it out in the community. So I think about how it's delivered. And so I look at those instead of getting like, wait, what's going on that you're seeing? I obviously watch the shows that my son is seeing, right? But you don't know what episodes those little things are going to pop up. But when it does pop up, I take that as an invitation to have a conversation. I love it. I don't freak out. I'm not sitting there, blah, blah, blah. So I think that would be a good conversation that I could give some suggestions and we can weigh in on that. Because mm-hmm. I think all of us being dads, um, you know, all of us being uh, straight men, I think yeah. it would be good for us to weigh in on that because I hear a lot of people um, that I work with the LGBTQ plus community, they weigh in on that. And they like the people I follow, the people I, 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 I work with, they have some good uh, information about that. But I think us as parents, I think we're still more of the majority, uh, like a like a same sex, like the traditional mother father family, right? That's still the the majority of family nucleuses still to this day, mm-hmm. even though there's a large LGBTQ plus population that has children raising them. But I think for men like us, I think we mean like our population, we're gonna most likely be more uncomfortable talking about those things than someone who's in a same sex marriage or same sex relationship. Right. They're, they're, that's that's their day to day life. But for us, we're just doing our thing like that stuff pops up. I don't want to go. What What did you watch? If, take that show off. You can't watch that no more and jump to conclusions because then my son's like, well, dad, I just asked you a question going right. back to the conversation we just had. So I think that should be our, our, our next episode. What do you guys think about that one? Mm. Way important. And, you know, I mean, I don't know one family anymore anywhere that doesn't have that in their family. Yeah, whether it's extended or, you know, directly in their family. And I know we do. And we've had those conversations and it's extremely important, especially coming from three straight guys, you know, that uh, that are uh, very much wanting to make sure that our children understand what's, you know, what is out there in the world and what's important to all of us. And, And I think that it's and it's important to make sure that everyone is respected and loved and honored. And so I think that as we have that conversation, that'll be amazing. I, David, I think this is a great topic. And I, I'm thinking about the mixed messages they see every day online, mm-hmm. what they're hearing at school. You know, like you said, to talk about the, the word making love instead of the F word. Mm. That's, that's what they hear at school, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, the sad thing is, it's sad. That's why I'm laughing. It's like every day online, the the lack of sensitivity to things that are sacred is gone. And oh my so gosh. As we yeah. have conversations with them to be able to say, Hey, look, wait a minute. You can't talk that way. You can't use those words. Um, not in our home. And I nope. recommend you not use it anywhere. I mean, even just a little emoji or a, an acronym, you know, the WTFs and things like that, where it's like, Hey, that's, even though you're not saying the word, you're actually saying the word. (laughs) And so I think going into that a little bit further, what they see every day online, I mean, just like you talked about with the pornography, man, I used to, I grew up in a time when the most pornography I saw was, I was lucky to see a bra section in a JCPenney catalog. Like (laughs) that was pornography. (laughs) I'd have to climb a mountain to a, a tree hut where a, a, a hiker and a, and a guy shooting elk would have a playboy. Like now my kids have that in their pocket. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, and even Jordan Peterson, I think he said, we now have access with two clicks 
to all the pornography that the richest kings and the greatest emperors of all time could never have seen or gotten. Mm. They had everything at their beck and call. Now a child has that available. And, and, so, and they have the ability to pick and choose like a shopping cart, which crazy things that they want to watch. And this is pornography that we never even imagined existed. No, we didn't even know. And we didn't and even, so, we couldn't even think this stuff up. Like, wait, people are into that. People are into, yeah. like, what the, and they made us take classes in that in graduate school on human sexuality and fetishes and all these things. I remember taking those classes going, wait, that's a thing. Like, what the? <laughs> Sure enough, you know? And so, yeah, th those conversations, I, I'm, I'm glad we took this question because obviously it's naturally organically leading us mm -hmm. to uh, the, the next. And like you said, as three straight guys, like, I think it's, it's helpful to weigh in because we're not, we're not um, outlandish, outspoken, screaming from the rooftop types of guys, highly opinionated type men. Right. We're, we're, we're realistic dudes. Like we're, we're guys like, hey, listen, this is the world we live in. You can either hate what you have to deal with, or you can look at this as an opportunity to kind of tighten your skills up as a dad, communicate with your kids even better. And also too, they're gonna to be hearing stuff from the internet and everywhere else. But if they hear it from us as parents and we're reasonable, and we're understanding, then it's going to be a lot easier for them to come up and open up to us. I'll end it on this. I've had this unfortunate circumstance a lot of times here as a professional um, working in the state of Utah. Kids would come to me. Um, they would admit to me in confidentiality that they have same-sex attraction or non-binary. Like they had something going on in that direction. And I asked them how they felt, you know, if, the, if their parents knew. And these are the ones that said, no, no, my parents didn't know. My parents would kill me. My parents would kill me. Mm. And I'd, I'd observe the parents. I'm like, I didn't think their parents were that extreme on a couple of cases. And I said, well, tell me why. And they would tell me how they would see movies or TV shows or commercials with like uh, same-sex people holding hands or something like that. And they said, well, I remember this commercial came on and my dad's like, oh, it's so gross and disgusting. No one wants to see that crap, two boys, this and that. And the parents are spouting off and just saying things like, this is wrong, this is stupid, whatever. Hey, I get it. That's how their parents were thinking, feeling. But every single one of those people, when they found out later, because this is a long process, their kids would come out, share with their parents with my help, and they found out that they could have known sooner. They could have helped their child before they had a suicide attempt. They could have helped their child in these situations all right. if they didn't run their mouth off and say something just totally off the cuff that they weren't thinking. These parents go, I look like a hypocrite saying like, I, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think like it just, they, it was really hard for them to sell to their kids that they could be trusted, that they could be understanding. Cause these weren't crazy people. They were like, yeah, I said that. And if my daughter or my son's gay or transgender, lesbian, whatever, I'm not going to kill them or disown them. Like, oh my goodness, it would be the lot, or I don't want them to die by suicide or to be depressed. So again, I think it would be good for us to weigh in to give some people some things that they could respond, how to handle these situations. Because I think most people out there are good people trying to navigate this. You get frustrated, yep. you get angry, but you don't want to say stuff that puts you in a section of your pair, of your kids' brains and their minds to think that they could never open up and have good conversations with you about difficult things relating around sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. That's great, great point, guys. And I, I would add to it, you know, I, I grew up in a religious place and, and culture in my home, and I'm still doing the same thing and teaching my children, and yet... Uh, I grew up in a in a highly shameful about 
sexuality things that were happening to me as a young man that you could never talk about, you could never reveal, and even talking to anyone else about it was like bad news. And so as I've raised my children to say, hey, look, these are things that are normal. These are scientifically natural. This is, this is, uh, it's okay to still have a relationship spiritually and be a sexual being as well. And, and how, how difficult that conversation was to have, but important it was, I think as dads, as we're doing our best to share with our kids, what we've learned and what we've suffered and the shame we felt, but how we can do our best to try to graduate and get to a new level and help them into their world and their sexuality and spirituality and all the things that come with that. It's a big, heavy topic, but it's essential that we at least face it head on. And I'm glad that we had this today. Heck yeah. All right, boys. Well, I think we hit our mark for today. So our next episode for all you listeners out there, stay tuned. We're going to get, we're going to get deeper into this because as we said, this is a conversation that's very much needed and let's face it, some dads out there, I'm not naming any names. I could say their initials, um, need some help with their words, mm-hmm. how to be assertive, tactful, but also, you know, reading the room and knowing your audience and not just saying stuff that later on you could regret or saying stuff that you don't want to repeat all the stuff that your uncles and dad said in these types of situations. <laughs> Cause I'm assuming mm-hmm. if you're like me and most of the old school people, they said some stuff in a different time and era because that was a different time and era. We don't want to repeat those types of things today. We can have our own morals. We can have our own beliefs and we could also be understanding and considerate of other people's as well. Okay. All right, you guys. Well, as always follow us on all of our social media, OG.therapy on Instagram. Um, and also, uh, uh, Jason Hewlett, Jason, H-E-W-L-E-T-T on all of his social media platforms. That's Instagram and TikTok as well. Right. Facebook as well. Okay. All that. All right. And then, uh, for me, it's a David underscore K O Z L O W S K I underscore. And I'm just on Instagram, uh, on YouTube or OG therapy and Kenneth, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at K Scott underscore two. Okay. Well, until next time you guys, and make sure you come back for part two of this and we're getting deep, getting deep in the month of September. Uh, until next time, you guys, just remember, if you're struggling, you don't know exactly what to do, if you're, if you're scratching your head and going, dang, I don't know exactly how to handle all these difficult situations, like what about this, what about that, what about all these different types of things that have going on that your kids are presenting to you, your spouses are presenting to you, that life is presenting to you, don't need to worry. You don't have to scrape up your knees, being all day, praying all day long. You can just press play and listen to your OGs. I'm not saying that prayer is bad, I'm saying, we can give you some OG knowledge as well. Until next time, be cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.